In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Kyle Kelly. Kyle, congratulations. Since the last time you spoke, you're now working for Cleveland.com. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, just get my feet wet over there. We're doing a little bit of high school sports uh, coverage, uh, pretty much just as an uh, as-needed basis. But I did write one story for them, and hopefully uh, this spring, as the spring sports season ramps up, I'm going to be covering a little bit more sports. And hopefully, fingers crossed, within the uh, next couple months here, within the year, I can help contribute to their Browns coverage. But we got to crack. We got to crack through uh, the high school sports first. So just just get my feet wet. Good man, and mate, we love it when you're on the show. You always give us loads of information, and tonight is all about draft. Until we saw the headlines just before we pushed record, mate. What what's going on with this uh, trade uh, trade talk with Joe Schobert? Yeah, just uh, I we were talking a little bit pre-show that uh, I just happened to skim by it. Uh, same with you, and saw a tweet from Anthony Lima from ninety two through the fan that said that Albert Beer Albert Breer of uh, Sports Illustrated went on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. Uh, Rosillo does some stuff for ESPN, and he's um, more recently been doing some stuff uh, with the Ringer NFL-wise. But uh, with Schobert, I guess Breer mentioned that that's a guy that the Browns could look to move uh, at the deadline, or not the deadline, um, you know, during the draft. Uh, am I believing that? I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of truth for every, uh, you know, to everything. But, you know, how much are the Browns really shopping him? I was just talking to a buddy of mine from uh, Waiting for Next Year, and we were going back and forth on Twitter, actually. And no no trade really makes sense for Schobert. Uh, You know, if you were able to get a first, second, or third-round pick, yeah, you probably do it. Uh, Fourth round, I think, would probably be fair for both teams. But if you're going to trade Schobert for a fifth, sixth, or seventh rounder, it it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. So I think that even with a fourth-round pick, uh, what John mentioned, uh, he, he said that you know you pretty much net a uh, um, uh, a comp pick for him next year, so it, it'd be pretty much just uh, counterintuitive to make a trade unless you're getting a one, two, or three. Joe's a Pro Bowl linebacker. Uh, the linebacker is probably the weakest position on this Browns team, and he's probably the best linebacker as of right now. Christian Kirksey's coming back off a, off injury, but no one really knows uh, what he'll look like. So uh, I you know. Could his name be mentioned in trade talks? Yeah. Do I ultimately think the Browns do it? Most likely not. Uh, and, and pretty much just for the reason I just said, that being that Schobert is probably the leader of this linebacker room as a Pro Bowl guy, uh, considering that uh, the Browns uh, linebacker room is probably the weakest uh, part on the team. Do you think it's a financial reason? Because he, he obviously got that guaranteed pay rise and – Maybe that's like affected, um, like like Kindred in a, in a similar way that now he's worth more money that 
they're going to try and save some cap space. But I can't see yeah. it. We've got like two linebackers at the moment. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's like Kendrick's situation as much. I know, I know Schober, he's going to be due um, a, a heftier um, contract extension uh, after this season or if they were, you know, tried to get it done before the start of the season. But, you know, it, how much money is he going to actually get paid? I know actually the last time we were, we were talking about um, linebackers in specific, and we were talking about, um, you know, you know, kind of the whole financial side of everything. But he, he'll probably get a decent payday, which, you know, I don't think it will be anything that the Browns can handle. But it sounds like, uh, they they view Schober as a really good player, but one that could be easily replaced. Which why that's why I think he's you know his name's coming up into trade talks. But ultimately, you know, like, like I've said, I, I see him being on the team at least for next year at a minimum. Surely Schobert's worth a first. I can't. I'm trying to nah, think. No, nah. he, first rounder want to get it done. I don't think second one. I think third would be the start. I think a third rounder would be the starting point. Really? For a pro yeah, bowl I, linebacker? I just I, – I can't really see a team flipping a second-round pick for Schobert. I would be pretty surprised um, if that happened. I'm just trying to go back and think of any recent linebacker trades. And that there's none that really come to my mind to compare with. I mean, I feel like linebacker is probably one of the easier positions to replace in the NFL, maybe outside of, you know, a, a defensive tackle. I, I, don't, I don't think linebacker is an incredibly valuable position. Uh, you know, when you stack it up at other positions, uh, you know, quarterback, obviously, cornerback, offensive tackle, pass rusher, you know, some of those guys. Uh, I just – I don't think – I don't think a team is going to – when you talk about Joe Schobert – I don't think they're going to give up a second round pick. I think a third a third rounder would be the starting point, but even then, I, I would be a little bit a little bit skeptical to to see him go for that. Yeah, I'd be really upset to uh, lose him. Uh, I think, yeah, Mike linebacker, controlling everything, Pro Bowler. Yeah, like hey. Duke, like Duke, I really want to keep him. Yeah, and with Duke Johnson, I mean, I know he's going to be thrown around in trade talks and everyone reporting uh, on him, but the the Browns have no reason to move Duke whatsoever other than Duke uh, making that trade request, which I totally understand it. But, I mean, they they have absolutely – they don't have to move him. I mean, this is a guy that I think the Browns want to hold on to until at least the trade deadline uh, once they get Kareem Hunt back which that will be, uh, I think, after uh, week nine. Week nine will be the when they get Kareem Hunt back. Pats. Maybe week eight. Yeah, I think it's I the Pats. I think the Pats yeah. will be the first game. Yep, that's right. And, by the way, Kareem Hunt plays very well against the Patriots, so that will be a big-time uh, boost for the Browns. But it, there's no pressure to trade Duke, and that's a guy that I'd be kind of surprised if they trade uh, trade too, quite frankly. I, I, just, I just really don't see, um, you know, the point of moving guys – I, but, no, what do I know, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is meant to be a, a draft show. We are two days away from the draft. And in my eyes, Carl, you're a draft wizard. So uh, how do you see the draft panning out for the Browns? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the Browns here, and they got a couple picks. I know they, uh, 
they obviously traded 17 um, for Odell Beckham Jr. So now they're only their highest pick is uh, number 49. 49. So which that which that um, that's their second round pick. They do have uh, one third rounder, and they got like a handful of fifth rounders too. So um, you know, just addressing what I think the Browns are going to do. 49, I at number 49, I, I would be uh, pretty surprised if they uh, sat there and picked a player. I think uh, John Dorsey really wants to move up in the, in the draft this year. Uh, one player that he seems to really love is um, Jeffrey Simmons, the interior defensive lineman uh, from Mississippi State, a guy that had some off-the-field concerns. Uh, also, you know, tore his ACL back in February, and I was talking, uh, talking about this with a friend of mine uh, it, who's a diehard Browns fan, and I said, you know, I think that that's a guy that the Browns could trade up for. I think that, you know, they would move 49, um, maybe that third or fourth round pick and throw in a fifth round sweetener to move up for, for Simmons. Um, best case scenario, uh, you know, being that he's injury uh, he's got that injury. He could come back in November, but that'd be, you know, pretty hopeful there. Can you see him being there at 49 at all? No, no chance in my opinion, unless um, more things come out um, about his off the field history. But I think that, you know, we're so obviously so deep in the draft process right now that I, I don't, I really don't see him falling all the way down to 49. Quite frankly, I would be, pretty surprised if he fell out of the first round I think one team is prone to draft him especially with that injury uh when you draft a guy in the first round you get that fifth year um you know that the option uh to pick up that that player's fifth year on his contract and you know with Jeffrey Simmons a guy that's coming off injury it most people have him as a top three top five talent in this draft it, it almost seems like a no-brainer uh, to pick him at the end of the first round there. One team that I, I think uh, could possibly snatch him up is the Eagles there at 25. That's a team I think the Browns can maybe shoot to trade with, uh, trade up with, and, you know, Philadelphia goes back. Um, but, you know, I think I think Jeffrey Simmons is one guy that the Browns potentially trade up for, but also keep an eye on a, a couple of these defensive linemen. Yeah, do you think um... – he could be a repeat of like Marine Hurst from last year, went all the way down to the fifth round. Um, no, I, I, you know, I really don't see him falling that far. He's just too good of a talent. And with Maurice Hurst, it it, it was a uh, I don't want to say for certain, but um, I I'm like ninety percent sure it had to do with his heart. So it was a heart problem, and some teams completely took him off their board because of it. Other teams cleared him. Obviously, one of the teams that cleared him was the Raiders because they drafted him and he played. Uh, but Maurice Hurst was a really good player, but I don't think he was on the level of Jeffrey Simmons. I think Jeffrey Simmons is a, a much more uh, better prospect. But, you know, I kind of could compare this to Jalen Smith or uh, Miles Jack from UCLA. Jalen Smith, of course, a uh, guy from Notre Dame. Uh, both, both uh, you know, top five talents uh, in their respective draft class. I believe it was 2016 when those guys went. And they ended up falling uh, all the way down to the beginning of the second round. I know Miles Jack um, went to the Jaguars, and then uh, Cowboys drafted Jalen Smith there at the at the top of the second round. And 
Uh, you know, could we see that with Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah, possibly. But I think ultimately it goes right on the edge of that, uh, you know, f- first round towards the end just for that fifth-year player option. But also um, keep an eye on if, if he does fall to day two, there's going to be a ton of teams wanting to trade up for him. And I know the Browns uh, and John Dorsey definitely value him. So I think that Cleveland's going to be in on him. And uh, any other names that you think that the Browns would be a, a good chance of signing players? Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of the guys that, you know, I, I kind of kept an eye on. Uh, we, we were actually talking about this at Waiting for Next Year. Um, it, some of these defensive linemen, you know, if Rashawn Gary takes a major tumble, if he, if he falls down into the 20s, could that be a guy that the Browns trade up for? Um, you know, Montez Sweat, this is a guy that some have as a top five, top 10 player, but other people have him taken off their board once again, because of medicals, you know, could we see a, a tumble with Montez Sweat? Uh, I, you know, my gut feeling probably tells me he goes in the top 15, but just at that slim chance that he doesn't, he starts to fall down the board a little bit. Do the Browns go up and get him? Also, you know, those Clemson defensive linemen, Christian Wilkins, uh, Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, all guys that are first-round guys, do they start to tumble? There's a lot of good defensive linemen in this draft, especially at the top of the draft. A plethora of these guys are top 50 players, and I think that's the one position that the Browns try to move up and address is defensive line. You know, if if I could just add in really quick. Yeah, sure. um, You know, also offensive line uh, could be a possible, um, you know, a possible – a position that the Browns go up and get. The only problem is um, a lot of those guys are going to be taken early. It, it, I, I've been reading a lot of mock drafts. It looks like Jonah Williams is going top 10. It looks like um, Juwan Taylor from Florida is going to be top 15. S- same thing with uh, Andre Dilliard. You know, if one of the, one, once again, if one of those guys starts to fall, do the Browns start making phone calls and try to address that position? Uh, because those are defensive line and offensive line are two positions that the Browns need to build depth in, especially, um, you know, with a couple of question marks at Greg Robinson left tackle. Nobody knows what he's going to look like this year. It, you know, it seems like uh, he had a pretty good uh, you know, season last year, but no one knows what Austin Corbett's look like. So, you know, keep an eye on that, on those, uh, you know, interior uh, in the trenches there, the O-linemen, D-linemen, the, potential of move-ups for the Browns. And Kyle, say we don't go aggressive and we just sit back and we take our picks. What, what do you think our strategy be with, with, with that? Do you think we're going to go safety? Do you think we're going to go cornerback? Do you think we're going to go lineback? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you pretty much just took the words right out of my mouth. I think a defensive back would um, be the, you know, the, the pinpoint there for the Browns at 49. Uh, there's a lot. There, there's a lot of good cornerbacks in this draft that are, um, you know, I would say probably like second round grades. I don't know if there's anyone that really separates themselves as like a first round pick, uh, or you know, a true first round grade corner. I know there's Rocky Sin from Temple, who uh, has been getting a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, notoriety. Uh, also, Byron Murphy out of Washington, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Those are a couple of guys that have been floating around as uh, first-round guys. But could one of these guys slide down to number 49? Um, once again, you know, a couple other guys that could be uh, in play there for the Browns. Julian Love out of Notre Dame, a guy that I, I follow closely being a Notre Dame fan. 
really liked him, the way he played last year. He was a big part as why Notre Dame was so successful, especially on defense last year. But also uh, a guy that played opposite of Julian Love on the opposing sideline, uh, Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, another guy that, that I think that the Browns could target. But, you know, one last guy uh, in terms of cornerbacks, Justin Lane out of Michigan State. Uh, he's been all over, the, all over the place on the board. Um, you know, could he, could he be a, you know, Brit or uh, fringe first-round pick? That's been an argument. Or could he fall the way, all the way down to 49? That's a guy that's a, a Northeast Ohio kid, went to Benedictine High School, Cleveland, Ohio. So a familiar name. But in terms of safeties, you know, there's a couple guys you got to keep an eye on. Nasir Adderley from Delaware, if he slides. Um, also the guy from Florida, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And I, I know um, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Taylor Rapp is another guy. And uh, Jonathan Abram uh, from Washington, Mississippi State. Two guys that the Browns seem to, you know, kind of be uh, keeping tabs on to say. And, uh, you know, once again, when – when you look at the way this draft is going to fall out, a lot of defensive linemen are going to fly off the board early. Um, you know, wide receivers, it's kind of all over the place, but the Browns obviously address that. Um, you know, tight end is kind of the same way. But at 49, kind of the sweet spot is going to be defensive back, and I think that it, that would absolutely be a, a position to keep an eye on there if the Browns stand pat at 49. Yeah, really interesting, the names you said there. We did a uh, mock draft in uh, London, and the mm-hmm. Browns went with – we had no trades in this uh, mock draft. Yeah, we went with Julian Love with our 49th pick. Yep. And then the 80th pick, we went with uh, Amani Hooker. So, um, yep. uh, safety. So, um, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Is there anything crazy you think that's going to happen – Anything a bit unpredictable that Dorsey may do in the draft? You know, I, 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 Dorsey doesn't like to show his cards, but I don't, I don't get that sense that, you know, he's going to go wild on us. I think that he got all that out of him, uh, per se. I know you're shaking your finger at me. <laughs> you may think otherwise. As can, I, can we see Dorsey taking a callback with the third pick, for example, and just keeping you know, him there behind Baker or something? Yeah, I had floated that out there um, about two months ago, actually. That I could see that as a possibility. Now, not so much. I, I, I think that the Browns really want to build depth on, this, on their team. And I'm just warning you right now, this draft is not going to be a sexy draft for the Browns. It's going to be about building depth. Um, if you look at the Browns, this is a team that has been built uh, pretty strongly within the last two years. Um, they pretty much have a lot of star players. They got Odell Beckham. They got Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, um, Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett. They have those star players at those uh, very, um, you know, those positions that are really important in the NFL but they don't have a lot of depth. And that's where the Browns are going to go in this draft. They're going to draft for depth. They're, they're going to try and build their team, um, which is why I don't think they're going to make any flashy moves because uh, not only can they not afford to do that and miss on a guy or trade up and go all in on him and then uh, lose a majority of your picks, but also um, you, know, you really do have to build depth on this team if you want to make a strong run into the playoffs. Awesome. Kyle, mate, thank you so much for the draft overview. You, I'm personally not that into the draft this year. I'm trying to get a bit more motivated into it now. We're, we're a week, we're a week away. 
I'm actually going to be in Barcelona for all the draft picks. So uh, I'm going to be coming out of clubs, hearing all the news on the uh, on the Twitter. And I'm still waiting for someone to work out what times, if we don't trade, are we going to actually be on the clock. So uh, I can put some alarms in my diary. Uh, who knows? It, it could go in a number of different directions. Um, but Carl, where can we, uh, we find your details? Yeah, so, uh, you know, as always, um, my Twitter account, at Kelly is all my professional stuff that I'm putting out on, uh, you know, all the different things I do. But if you want to uh, stay, you know, stay closely on some of my NFL stuff, at KyleKellyNFL is the way to go on Twitter. And you can read me there and uh, all my podcast appearance, appearances here on, uh, on your podcast and maybe a couple others. But also uh, I publish everything I write there as well. All right, Carl. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, when are you going to come to London and visit us? I don't know, man. You got a plane ticket for me? I'll head on over. (laughs) I've got a plane ticket, but I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. That makes two of us. (laughs) Man, I just bought some uh, tickets uh, for Browns Denver. About 350 US dollars. London to Denver, direct flight, British Airways. Cheap flights are out there, but you've got to look for them. Yeah, there you go. That'll be a good game, too, I think. Yeah. And if anyone's listening in Denver, I need a sofa to sleep on. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to start tweeting it soon. So uh, trying to uh, travel and see the Browns on a shoestring. Absolutely. All right, Carl. Been great catching up with you, mate. Uh, Have a great draft night. What are you going to do for draft night? Are you going to be up? Are you going to call it? It's when you ask, because in the past years, I have gone absolutely all in on the draft. Uh, I've been, I always, uh, I, it's kind of ridiculous, actually. I have like 15 different devices out, my laptop, iPad, phone, I'm texting, you know, trying to see, you know, try to get some scoopage and everything. But actually this year, at least in round one, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sit back. I'm not going to be active on social media. I'm going to set my phone down. I'm just going to sit back on my couch and watch the draft unfold. I'm very excited to do that. I think this is the year I can finally do it, uh, except it's going to be kind of funny when I'm sitting there in the mid-20 picks and I see the Browns show up on, uh, on my TV screen and then I'm going to have to grab my phone. I'm probably going to have a trillion messages and notifications, but you know, I actually am going to go kind of dark unless the Browns do anything crazy because I – you know, I, I just kind of want to play the role of a fan this time around. I just want to sit there and just literally watch it unfold. What time does the draft normally finish um, in your ta- so, at your time? Yeah, so draft will start about 8 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern Standard Time, and then uh, it should end probably around 11.30 Eastern Standard Time, anywhere from 11 to, to midnight. Yeah, so it'll be finishing about 5 o'clock here in, in London. Yep, and then I'm best man to my best mate at the at the airport that I'm meeting him at six o'clock in the morning. So um, I'll be up just as the draft finishes, and Jack's gonna be watching the the uh, draft live, and my phone's gonna be on. So if if we trade up, he's gonna call me, wake me up, and I'm gonna get straight online. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. All right, buddy. As always, great speaking to you. Thanks a lot for the uh, draft names, and. Uh, I really hope you have a nice, relaxing, enjoying. No, that's bullshit. I want you. I want Dorsey to trade up and uh, give us some action on uh, Thursday night. Good chance it happens. All right, Carl. You take care, buddy. You too. Thank you very much.